irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey, Rifters, Alan Lee here. Today's show is brought to you by Heck Sauce, with a Schofield heat rating of 1,760,000 SHU. Heck Sauce is the hottest hot sauce in the world. Every bite is saturated with a taste of a thousand tortured souls. As its name suggests, Heck Sauce turns any meal into delicious lava. And serves humility to your favorite smack talker. Hex Sauce is available on Amazon Prime. Hex Sauce. You can save 30% on Hex Sauce on Amazon with the code H-E-C-K-S-A-U-S. That's Hex Sauce, H-E-C-K-S-A-U-S, on Amazon. Excellent. I thought you did very good. Now I was that was directed. You were in character. Uh, I like uh-huh. that. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Now, did you feel in the moment? As a method actor, you know, I was told many times uh, when I studied with Stella Adler, you know, Marlon Brando's uh, right. teacher, just like Marlon Brando's teacher. Yeah. Which I got high marks in in a class of uh, two hundred. Yes, I felt I was in the moment. Oh. And under your direction, I was definitely in the moment. Oh, you were in the moment. Oh, absolutely. Ah, well, speaking of Marlon Brando, mm-hmm. uh, he's in the news. Did you hear that uh, Richard Pryor had an affair with him or something? It was I, all, I miss that. Yeah, it, it was all Googling and stuff. Oh, my. Yeah. So. I, I thought that... Uh, you didn't hear that? No, I didn't. I miss that. Yeah. But, I mean, like, honestly, like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, if you yeah, were around back yeah. then, you know, everyone yeah. would sleep with Marlon Brando. True. Right? True. Because he was I, like I, the number one actor in the world. He was definitely well. There, there was Montgomery was, Cliff. Yeah, but Marlon was pretty. Then there was James Dean. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. James Dean was pretty good. But you want to know something? Marlon Brando, to my understanding, got uh, a little bit uh, angry. You know how comics steal each other's material and they get angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Dean had a leather a, a leather jacket, like a motorcycle leather jacket and you know Marlon Brown had just done a movie with a, a leather jacket right and he said ah, that's hack we you know he said that no, he said he got angry he said ah oh, you know can't you come up with something what do you have to copy me yeah. honestly you can look that up oh <laughs> I thought you did very good for oh, the rifters really out there Alan was like I really want to read the sponsor because I'm uh, uh, I gotta practice a new monologue or something <laughs> oh <laughs> like, All right. my god you know right. what this is what makes me your sidekick yeah yeah Things like this, but then when you start it, I know you get mad at me. I don't. I don't no, you don't. You I don't. thought you did great. Thank you. Yeah, that I means actually, a lot to me. I actually like it when you do the sponsors because with my speech stutter, I tend to mess up the words and sometimes I say the wrong stuff. Uh, like, do you remember that one time when that lawyer sponsored us and he's like, "All right, if you ever need a drunk driver, call us." And I said, "All right, guys, if you ever need a drunk driver, call Uber." <laughs> and he was like, "No, no, you said call no, us." I was yeah. like, "Oh, I thought your mm-hmm. last name was Uber." Yeah, I recall something along those lines uh, in the back of my mind. I tried to put it away, but Uber. Yeah, I thought we, I thought that was the lawyer. Isn't that strange? Isn't uh, that funny? It's Asperger's, man. But you, I swear, 
since the day I met you, you're the, you're the one of the clearest. When you're on stage, there's not a word that you. It's so clear. So when you say that, it's funny you say that because when I see you doing your do doing your comedy, it's like God. It, 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 there's not a word. Well, you know what? I, I, I mean, it's completely. There's nothing. Well, you know what? It's it just is? clear as day. I think because like I'm so used to doing stand up, I'm not like podcasting and radio. Yeah, you know, we've been doing it for a few years. We do this very well. But we only do it for like 16 weeks, and we stop for the year, then we come back. So like I don't do it as much where like I could just have the words zip out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not like Mark Maron. Oh, he's he's one of my friends. Mark Mark Maron Mark Maron Mark Maron. I'm sorry. Now I fucked it up. Right? No, Mark. You Mark can't Mar- curse on that. No, no. Air. Oh my God. What no, no. no. We thought we could. It just cost oh, us five thousand no, no, dollars. No. no, no, no. I think our guest curses. What? I think all well, our get all, all our guests, most of them curse. Oh, all right. Well, we <laughs> should we should probably mention our guest today. Uh, today is a very uh, special episode yeah. of Razor Rift. Uh, we got this is a guy. He's one of my heroes as a writer because I grew up watching his films. He wrote Joe Dirt, Tommy Boy, one of my Dirty favorites. Work. He was the head uh, lead writer of SNL. Uh, from ninety to ninety six, worked with Farley, Spade, Spade Norm, Norm Sandler, and uh, the great Fred Wolf. He was Fred supposed, Wolf is the man tonight, yeah. today. He was supposed to come to the studio, but uh, he, he, something happened. We'll find out what happened. But uh, he has a new movie coming out that he wrote and directed called Drunk Parents. That's with, hilarious. With you saw it? No, I saw little clips of it. Oh, it's about you know two drunk parents. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, it is. It is about that, and they they're trying to hide their financial screw ups from their daughter. Oh, way to spoil the movie. Oh, it's not. A, oh, it's not a spoiler. This is a synopsis. Okay. Well, just tell them you didn't say it. I didn't say it. Okay. In fact, it's not about that. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Two aliens. But it has Alec Baldwin, and it's called Drunk Parents. And uh, oh, Alec is one of my favorite actors. Baldwin. We're gonna give him a call. I really hope Fred likes me. Okay, so like when he picks up, let me like say hi, and then I'll introduce you because you tend to. Bug no, 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 no. I'm not even here. Okay, really? <laughs> okay. Okay. So calling the great Fred Wolf. Hello. Hey, Fred. This is Keith. Hey, Keith. How are you? Okay. Hey, Fred. This is Alan. You don't have to pay any attention to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, that was going to be really hard to do. Thank uh, you. Uh, to not pay attention to you because I appreciate it. I have a feeling that you keep this whole thing running. Oh yeah. my! This man is already. Uh, I love this guy. Fred, it was <laughs> it was weird because right before I called you, I said, "Alan, all right, let me introduce you." So you know, and then like right when I was about to do it, he's like, "Hey, I'm Alan." I was I like, just, "I couldn't control myself." It's I've always had a problem. You know, you know, uh, you know this, this this isn't going to work out between you two <laughs> because. Uh, Alan, next time, wait for Keith to introduce you. Okay. It's a proper introduction. Yeah. Plus, he might say something really nice. That's true. But, but now you jumped just, in and just you know, decided this is going to be your show today. I know. Just, so, I just walked over uh, there. <laughs> you guys don't know me that well. I think I started off uh, where if you thought I was uh, serious, this would be a disaster. Oh, but I'm kidding around. So, hey, so um, do you mind uh, just tell me real quick, like, what sort of topics and so oh. forth are you going to be talking about oh we're ju- we're just going to talk comedy and your anything, career anything, and uh, you, you know anything you want i got this <laughs> <laughs> i 
and like basically we just joke around and stuff and if there's anything you don't want to answer or don't want to talk about you just you, we, we respect it you know? uh yeah no problem at all, all right. um uh, yeah uh, like i said i'm flattered that you asked and uh you had some good people on uh some of those guys are friends of mine and they are uh, they are entertaining people. I don't know if I could. For instance, uh, I lose when it comes to uh, Norm McDonald versus me and oh. the interest department. But uh, <laughs> I open. He's for a Norm. funny guy. Yeah. Uh, you open for him? Is that what you said? Yeah, I do stand up and I open for Norm. I did Vegas with him a couple weeks ago, and uh, when I started comedy, it was weird because like Norm's always been my favorite stand up. Like I have three favorite stand ups of all time: uh, Norm, Jeremy Hotz, and Spade. And I open up for two of them. You know what I mean? So, like, I've been very That's, a, that's incredible. That's yeah. excellent. Um, I actually shared an office with uh, two of the three of your favorite comics of all time at Saturday Night Live. Oh. It was me, Spade, and Norm, and uh, Sandler. But we, uh, yeah, they're really funny guys. Oh. They're just really funny. They're genius. No doubt about it. They're geniuses, too. Like, on stage, they, they make everyone happy and laugh. And I think that, like... I think that's the most important as a comic because you're, you know, you're getting away from your, um, your issues or whatever, but you're making everyone else peaceful. You know, I think that's why comedy is so beautiful. Does that make sense? Every once in a while, someone, yeah. So every once in a while, someone says something like that, which makes me feel better about the fact that I devoted uh, half my life to writing stupid little jokes, hoping <laughs> people will laugh. But it actually is a pretty good. It's not a bad thing to be doing out there. Um, better that than like you know, uh, spraying graffiti all over the place mm -hmm. but um norm <laughs> norm never wrote i never saw him writing a joke down oh really like i never saw yeah i never mm -hmm. saw um bullet points mm -hmm. for his act uh, i used to when we were there in new york we'd run out and he, if he did a gig i'd uh, open for him as well like you did yeah. uh, you probably did better than i did but um wow. he just never seemed like he needed to organize his stuff he never seemed like he needed to get his head together right before his set mm -hmm. He just went out there and was able to just belt out some of the best stuff ever written. Yeah. Uh, just great stuff. But I I never saw him writing, like for his act, I mean. Wow. And uh, I don't know how he does it. Spade writes out little ideas he's you know comes up with during the day. But, uh, man, I don't know how uh, these guys do this where they don't. I mean, Keith, when you're doing your stand-up, do you write out the jokes you're going to be doing that night or order it up? Or um. how do you do yours? Well, I used to when I first started because, like, I, I have a I have autism, so like I I'm I, when I first started, I wasn't very comfortable with my jokes and stuff. And the more I did it, I got uh, more comfortable, and it like you know it all flowed better because you know I was comfortable being on stage and not on stage. So when I first started, yeah. I did write the jokes, but then when now, and I think I also learned that from you know opening with Norm. I just I I just go up and be free, you know. So yeah, well, what's kind of cool about that? Uh, first of all, I I don't know what your spectrum is on the autism, but like uh, I have Asperger's. I, yeah, I'm sorry. What Asperger's syndrome? Oh yeah, Asperger's. Yeah, yeah. I um I have a, three brothers, and one of them has Asperger's, and it's uh, interesting. His thing is computers, which it's worked out. Who, who would have known? But the. Uh, having yours is like concentrated around the idea of comedy or writing or what is it yeah comedy and writing and i just wish someone would have told me there's no money in comedy <laughs> <laughs> man it is true it is a struggle and then half the time i just remember i didn't 
like I did comedy during the 80s and stuff and actually that's how I met Norm and uh, Spade and all those guys it was before Saturday Night Live we were all friends but I I do remember not having any idea what the goal was I just wanted to go on stage and tell jokes and uh, see which ones worked and all that stuff but I, I I didn't have a business plan or anything like that no thoughts in terms of where it was going to lead yeah. or what uh, where the finish line was and in some ways that was great because uh, like you just said I, I was free to just do whatever I was doing without worrying and in other ways it was crazy because you know you're wasting so you know maybe eight to ten years of <laughs> your life that could be spent going to school and taking accounting classes or something yeah. so um, if you got to do it you got to do it and I felt like I had to do it sounds like you did too yeah. and uh, it, it serves us well but then you say there's no money in it um, I'm, I'm sure that's true these days. There's so many guys out there trying mm-hmm. to do it. Well, I'm in. I'm in for for the love because I like making people happy, and so like that's why I'm in for it. And I actually saw you, believe it or not, uh, do stand up comedy maybe three or four years ago at the Improv. You came with a Spade and a Farley, and you did a set. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, which uh, Kevin Farley or? Uh, uh, it was Kevin Farley, and I remember. Oh yeah, I remember one of the jokes that you did. Uh, you had a piece of paper, and you said, um, "A lot of comics uh, like to write down their acts, but I think it's too much of a hassle." <laughs> uh, good memory, yeah. It's a lot of comics memorize their stuff, but it's such a hassle. Uh, man, you have a good memory because uh, I remember that set because I'm I basically perform maybe about twice a year now. Yeah. I'll just uh, like in that case, just open for Kevin or Spade or pop on with them. But uh, but there's a <laughs> first of all thank you uh, uh, no. that's great that you remember that joke and I have to say it almost always kills it's one of those little perennials that works but um, but it's also my way of looking at the list what yeah. we were just talking about mm-hmm. I actually have my stuff written on that mm-hmm. page uh, that you saw and I used to get mad at myself thinking like why do I need this written out or why do I need to organize this stuff mm-hmm. and that's what made me realize that maybe my heart is more on the writing side of things because I loved trying out new jokes that I had just written. Yeah. That was sort of what I really, really looked forward to being on stage for. And uh, ultimately, these guys, like Norm and Spade, uh, when I shared an office with them, I would see them effortlessly just kill and like want to be on stage. And uh, uh, I realized, looking at them, how talented they were and how I probably didn't have what it takes to be a, a really good performer like they are. Yeah. But I did okay with the writing side of things and that's what i loved to do with stand-up i just loved the new stuff loved trying it out and uh ultimately it just seemed like the segue was uh the right one uh, to make for me you know yeah i actually uh have a show tonight and uh you know you were supposed to come to the studio because you you were going to be in la but i guess something happened and i'm very grateful for the phone interview but I was going to try and talk you into coming to the show and have you do some time. And be like, oh, my God, I get to perform with Fred Wolf. Oh, oh, man, I would have loved to do that. You know, because, uh, first of all, thanks. That would have yeah. been nice. Uh, you know, I I opened for, uh, Dana Carvey was doing a gig up at this place oh. called Hornblowers, or it used to be called Hornblowers. I forget. It's up in Santa Barbara, What's or that? near Santa Barbara. Right. And, uh, man, I don't ever brag about uh, myself getting laughs. But I went on stage before him. I, I was supposed to do five minutes. You know, yeah. he just said, hey, you want to do five minutes? I said, sure. And uh, I absolutely blew the roof off. I was, like, shocked, yeah. you know? And uh, 
because uh, I got about maybe seven jokes out. And the rest of the time, I was standing there while they were laughing. First of all, they, uh, Carby gets the best crowds in the world. But secondly, um, it's just one of those hot nights. And I thought, man, I miss this. This is great. <laughs> yeah. But I actually haven't been on stage since then. And uh, so I would I probably would have done uh wow. What you're talking about? What, what what kind of gig is it? Where is it at? Uh, it's actually in Huntington Beach. I would have like bought you uh, gas money or something with the money I don't have, but I definitely would have like taken care of you so you don't lose money to get there. But uh, it fits about a hundred people, and it's called the Rec Room. It's like a Melrose Improv type, very like they're there for comedy, and it's a it's kind of a new new room. Yeah, it's a beautiful new venue new down there. And what you are able to get on. Uh, fairly regularly at this place yeah i uh i feature there one once a month and so like if you ever want to do comedy just give me a call and i could get you a date and we'll do it together i mean that's that's not a problem but yeah hey, i'll definitely do that oh I'll yeah definitely do that how, how much time uh what i have to do however much time you want oh man i would do that for sure All right. because uh uh man I definitely would do that. I mean, like uh, ten to fifteen would be fine then, huh? Yeah, whatever you want. I could. Wow. Yeah, it would be wow. an honor to perform with you. Well, that's nice of you to say that, Keith. You, you know, I'm not a draw at all. I mean, zero draw. Um, I don't care about that. There's, you make me yeah. laugh, and like your joke style is like very like like I like that because it's very similar to mine. I remember you told this joke about trophies, how. You went to a trophy shop with your dad, and your dad was yeah. like, "Oh, this guy must be really good." <laughs> yeah, 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 he's really good. Uh, Spade actually stole that joke uh, oh. from me. Uh, I, we're, we're friends, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I stay with Spade when I'm in town, actually. But uh, he was he was doing some gig somewhere, and he said he just threw that joke out just to because he always he's always like that joke too. Yeah. And he said it killed. Said he and he was saying, "Can I have it?" It just killed. And I said, man, it's like, it's like, yeah, I should give it to you. You know, I should because I'm not going to stand up that much. Yeah. But now that I know you want it, I'm not going to give it to you uh-huh. because I'll always have that to hold out over you. Is uh-huh. like, if you're nice to me, maybe I'll give you that trophy joke. But I'm not just going <laughs> to hand it over to you just because you asked me for it. <laughs> um, your name is some of the jokes that I actually personally love too. So, yeah. how do you remember the stuff? I guess you do have Asperger's. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, because I like, could write a yeah. good one right there. Yeah, and like, <laughs> like basically my whole life, because I, I actually went back. I'm going back to school for screenwriting, you know, because I dropped out to do no. comedy, and I probably should reversed it. You know what I mean? Like, stayed at school, do screenwriting, and then do comedy. But now I'm actually okay at comedy, and I'm bad at screenwriting. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I went to Penn State and uh, University of Montana and Montana State uh, did about two years and finally said, you know what, I'm going to drop out because uh, I, I, I want to do stand-up comedy. And uh, so I did the same thing you did and then eventually got into the screenwriting and uh, sort of learned it on my own, I think. So I don't know. I don't know if you have to do what you just said you have to do, but yeah. obviously you do whatever you think you need to do. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's necessary. You feel like it is? Uh, to go to school for that? Well, I mean, I I need to for screenwriting because I don't know the proper format, you know, and I have a lot of ideas that I want to send out and stuff, but they have to be proper, you know what I mean? So I look ridiculous. Like, like, final, like dra- final, final draft. Final draft proper? Yeah. 90 pages Nin- or whatever. Yeah. It's in the in, in the software, I thought. Yeah. 
I don't know. Whatever you do, it like, like this is Alan. Do, do, do whatever you want. I, I don't care. Final <laughs> draft classes. Yeah, Alan cares nothing about you. He actually sits nearby That's and right. actually roots against you. It's That's a right. sad thing. Uh, we're all trying to figure out how to tell you that you got to get rid of this Alan guy. Fred, Fred, please. My last I'm the good angel on my, your right shoulder. My, my last uh, gasp here. <laughs> Um, you want to, can I tell you my college story uh, oh, regarding oh. what we were just talking about? Of course. And showbiz and all yeah. uh, So I was going to uh, Montana State. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to get this right. Montana State. Uh, uni- I was going to uh, University of Montana. Excuse me. Uh, that's in Missoula, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, I was t- my major was radio and TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I wanted to, I also wanted to write. I figured maybe one day I'd write movies like the Marx Brothers or something like that, you know. Yeah. And so... Uh, my radio class I loved because I loved radio I used to love uh, the idea of telling jokes over a microphone and uh, having people out there maybe listening and all that kind of stuff I just really loved it and so uh, everybody in the class uh, that I went to they they liked it too but I liked it enough that I went out and got a job at a radio station while I was in college Um, I started at minimum wage I just had to rip out the UPI uh, uh, news and stuff and sort of organize it and then uh, DJs would read the news at the top of the hour and so forth. And one day they said, hey, do you want to go on the air? And I said, uh, yeah, of course I do. And they said, then let's do it tonight because uh, what's-his-face called in sick, you know? It was that loose. <laughs> this is in uh, Livingston, Montana, right? Wow. So I started uh, being a DJ for about maybe three months and then uh, still going to school, you know, and the professor, I, I think the story is pretty good, by the way. I think it's going to a place where you'll be kind of interested in it. Yeah. So, the professor has an assignment, uh, the radio class uh, professor. He says, uh, we have a campus radio station. We want, I want you, for your final assignment, to do a five-minute air check. Uh, spin some records and uh, maybe do a little patter and uh, do the news or whatever, and you hand in five minutes. You record it, and you hand me five minutes of you doing it, and that's your final project. And there was a campus station that had, like, old, outdated equipment and so forth, but that's where everybody was going to do their their uh, project in my case i had a real radio station and i was a dj and so i did a five-minute air check um of actual on-air stuff and by this time i was doing okay you know i was writing my own little jokes to say and uh, i'm sure it's hacky but at least it was like a real deal it was a real station you know yeah so i go to hand it in uh the project and i drop it off at his office and I go, hey, I'm Fred Wolf, and uh, here's my project. I did an air check at uh, KPRK. And he went, oh, okay, look at the clock, the campus clock out the window. And I see it, and he goes, what time does it say? And I said, noon. He goes, it's not noon. This is a true story, about it. He goes, it's not noon. It's two minutes after 12. The assignment was due at 12, but you're bringing in two minutes after 12. So I'm docking you a letter grade for every minute past noon. So the best you can do now is get a C. And I said, well, well two minutes after 12, what's, what's the real difference between 12 and 2? He goes, in radio, you can't be late. You can't be two minutes late. you got to be there on time yeah. so there's not dead air for two minutes. And I said, well, well, I am on radio. This is a real radio station here, and this is my air check. And he goes, that's not, uh, that's not a good excuse. Uh, a C is your best grade. So I went back to the dorm, and I packed up my stuff, and I left uh, two days later, dropped out, and said, that's it. Screw it. I'm going to go do it. I'm going to move to L.A. and just go do uh, stand-up and radio and whatever else I'm going to do. 
because of the, his attitude and it just mm-hmm. didn't feel right yeah. that he's telling me how to be a DJ and how to be responsible mm-hmm. and yet I was the only one in the class who was actually working uh, at the station. So That's only uh, two I did minutes. what I did and then years later uh, I was on Saturday Night Live and Bill Pullman was the host of the show that particular show Independence Day was out and uh, and we were talking he and I were talking and then uh, he said yeah I started out as a professor and then uh, he goes I was just like teaching kids how to act and and uh, do showbiz and I had never done it before and I found myself getting more and more bitter and I said you know I gotta go out there and just do it and so I left the professorship and I uh, got into acting and here I am hosting Saturday Night Live and I said, oh, where did you teach? He said, Montana State <laughs> University. And I go, what? And there is a possibility, because we talked yeah. about this for about maybe 10 minutes. There is a possibility that he was that professor. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Yeah. I mean, he was he's yeah, such a nice guy. I mean, he's beyond nice. So woman. wild. Oh. But he was saying, yeah, that could have been me. It could have been me because <laughs> that's how I was. That's what I'm talking about. I was bitter. I would have said something like that, maybe. God, you know? bitter, no less. And I'd love to know for sure it was him. I don't remember right. who the professor was, but yeah. he thinks it was him. He thinks it might have been him because he would say something like that. Yeah. I think it might have been him, too, because he was there exactly when I was there. So um, that's awesome. that was kind of cool. That's his story. So I, I guess the... I would have been like... I guess the, uh, the moral is... The moral of the story is if you go to college, if Bill Pullman is your professor, drop out. <laughs> That's great. I would ask Boy. Bill. I would ask Bill. I was like, uh, well, now that I know you're my professor, can you change that grade to an A now or something? Yeah, yeah. you'd say you've got <laughs> oh, consent for the transcripts. That's hilarious. Yeah, wow. open up the transcripts. And cha- oh, that's, that's hilarious. I actually never thought of that. Well, it's uh, almost like a Twilight actually, Zone episode. Yeah. Uh, God damn, that is true. That'd be cool. Yeah, but uh, I I also like another example. Like I know a lot about um, trivia and goofs, and uh, this actually involves you to a to because you wrote Dirty Work, and um, which is a great movie. I love Dirty Work, right. and um, there's a scene where because you, you're a homeless guy, where Norm says, "Hey, homeless guys, I'll give you guys two dollars if you run around," and he says two dollars each, and then at the end. Uh, one guy says a monologue and he just gives the guy two dollars. Norm never gave <laughs> you the two dollars. <laughs> did you ever notice that? <laughs> that right? I think I did at the time, or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have to, you know, I gotta watch that movie again. Um, <laughs> for for some reason, and I don't know why, uh, people started to. Uh, telling me like the last six months i've been hearing a lot of dirty work stuff like i don't know if it's because they're playing it or something on comedy central or something right but i've been hearing a lot of people it's really really nice saying uh uh talking about dirty work and uh you know it wasn't a huge box office sensation that's for sure but man we had fun making it and uh i was uh one of the bums like you just said and uh jim downey was one of the other bums yeah. uh, with me. I don't know if you know who Jim Downey is, uh, but uh, I've, I've heard he's sort the of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's the the big big cheese there. Uh, Lorne Michaels and Jim Downey, and uh, I had a blast doing that. But uh, that's hilarious. You remember that, and it's also hilarious that you would remember it to that uh, <laughs> that degree. 
that uh, I should be outraged. I didn't get my two bucks. And <laughs> Bill Pullman screwed me over on the uh, letter grade. I'm getting really upset here. This is a really bad day for me. Because, <laughs> like, if I, w- if I was a homeless guy in a movie, I'd be upset if I did a job and I didn't get the $2, you know? But that's yeah, a motivation. Yeah. There you go. Motivation. By the, by the way, that's that's classic norm, too. Wouldn't it be, uh, uh, hey, homeless <laughs> yeah, guy, yeah. hey, hey, homeless guy, you know? But, but yeah, I've been trying to. I did this. Uh, I did this. Uh, I did this movie. The it's uh, I re- co-wrote and directed this movie called Drunk Parents, right? And it's uh, we were it's just Martin talking Baldwin. about that. We were just man. talking we about that you. when we called you. What was that? We were talking about that film. Yeah, Alan said oh, he saw well, some yeah. clips. I Listen to this. You, you you'll you'll understand my agony here. Is um, I, I love the movie and all that. We shot it in the winter in New York City. That was tough, but um, I have some cameos. Uh, two bums, and uh, one's Will Ferrell, and the other is Colin Quinn, uh, two of my favorite comedic actors and, uh, and comedians of all time. And the third one was going to be Norm, oh. and it was going to be three bums, oh. just like in Dirty Work. There was three bums, and uh, it was a little bit harkening back to Dirty Work, but it was also uh, it was a pretty cool scene. And those three guys would have been incredible, yeah, because of each one uniquely funny in their own way and brilliant and geniuses and all that stuff. And uh, Norm couldn't make it at the last minute. And I'm really happy that Will Ferrell and Colin Quinn are in the movie, but I have no idea what would have happened with Norm in the mix there, but I know that the cameras would have been running and I would have caught some gold. Yeah. And uh, it almost happened, but uh, uh, shoot. Yeah. Norm fucked it, fucked me over and fucked up. He owes you what man. a bastard he is. He owes you. Well, if you ever do drunk parents too, you could do the exact. That's weird. But I'm ready. I'm ready to play the drunk. Let me finish this. After you do drunk parents too, and you yeah. want to redo that scene, and Norm does it, have Alec Baldwin not give Norm the two dollars. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Yes. Right? Like yeah, it. I like it too. Uh, by the way, Alec uh, in the scene. He refers to them constantly as bum. So he'll say, no, bum, I don't have $5 or whatever it is. And uh, that is absolutely the cadence of Norm. That's how I wrote it with him in mind. Uh, not, not his part, just yeah. what Alec says to them in the rhythm and cadence of Norm MacDonald. Um, no, bum, I don't. Hey, bum, stay away from that, bum. Bum, leave the gas can alone. And uh, it is actually my favorite scene in the movie because of that the normisms in there yeah. and uh it would have been great to have the the master of normisms norm himself in the scene but um i'll live with that i guess but uh you know how cool that would have been right oh, oh that, yeah. would have been awesome. that would have been awesome i actually want to see that movie because um i have an alec baldwin story if you care to hear it um i mean if you well, don't want okay so i did a i did stand-up comedy in ventura and um a lot of my comedy, I talk about my autism, and uh, this guy came up to me, and I, I sell merch, I sell lollipops, and um, this guy came up to me after a show, and he bought my entire case of lollipops, and he gave me like a hundred dollar bill, and they're only a dollar each, and I think I had like maybe twenty lollipops, and he said, uh, "You're very funny. My son has autism, and you know you're a real inspiration," and I was like, "Oh, thank you." Has anyone ever told you you look like Alec Baldwin? And he's like, well, my name's uh, Daniel Baldwin. I was like, oh, has anyone ever told you you have the last name of Alec Baldwin? 
<laughs> and they look so they look similar, so similar. They do. And I was like, to me, you look exactly like Alec Baldwin. He's like, Alec's my brother. I was like, oh, that's a nice cover up, Mr. Alec Baldwin. <laughs> and then I Googled it after, and he does have a brother named Daniel. And it was oh, that guy. Oh, my God. That's right. He really was Daniel. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Billy Steven and, and Daniel. And uh, by the way, I like the rhythm of, uh, hey, anyone ever tell you you look like Alec Baldwin? <laughs> uh, yeah. And... Uh, my name is Daniel Baldwin. Anyone ever tell you you have the same last name as Alex? <laughs> that's, that's a really good rhythm joke there. So do you do that joke? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you do do that joke? Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I do. Because I was going to ask you for it. That's a really funny joke. Oh, you could have it. That's great. Have it. It's all yours. I could drop it. I could have it? Yeah, I, I'll drop it. You, you got No, it. no, you don't have to drop it, but are you sure I could have it? Yeah, totally yours. Oh, I don't know if you should be giving away stuff like that. That's gold. You're the great Fred I, Wolf. It, it, I'm honored to have you have it. Wait, Keith, are you serious? Because I, I would love to have that joke. It's a very funny joke. It's I, really I clever. And it's really funny, and uh, I, I love it. I am 100 percent honest. I would, it would, I would be so honored if you have that joke. Oh, Keith, man, this is great. So this was worth the uh, the podcast alone. I, I am gonna. <laughs> then take it i'm going to take it because you said yes over and over again because i really like that joke that much it's a really weirdly clever joke awesome (laughs) yeah Yeah. i i i i I, wait why don't you think about it no you think about it and tomorrow you email me and say hey uh still on you could have that joke okay i've already thought of it have it it would it would because you know you would make people laugh too with it and that would that would fantastic put a lot of love in my heart so i'm honored that you want it you have it it's yours okay how about this okay thank you how about this uh i i I do want that joke very much and if i use it in a movie anytime you tell the joke on stage you can say that you uh wrote this joke for whatever movie it is if it becomes famous i don't want people thinking that you are stealing jokes from a movie and uh you can tell the joke and then say by the way that joke is in whatever movie it is and uh, I wrote it in that movie or something like that, right? That, nice. That would make me feel better. Sounds and fair. Then, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's a deal because nice. I, uh, I love it. Yeah. That's great. And so Daniel Baldwin, so by the way, uh, not to miss the uh, main point of that, so Daniel Baldwin, A, has an autistic uh, kid, it sounds like. Yeah. And uh, B, what a nice guy. He bought uh, 20 lollipops, gave you $100 for it. And uh, C, you must really have a funny act for him to come up and... Uh, tell you that it's inspirational because uh, he wouldn't come up and tell you that if he just sucked up there so that's uh that's yeah. a great story man yeah i mean uh i i think he only gave me a hundred dollars because i didn't have any change but i mean <laughs> yeah he's a prick like that <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no but um where was it where was the uh, gig it was at uh, this place called ventura harbor comedy club and i did oh i think that's yeah i think that's is that the one that's um, like upstairs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 You've been that, there? That's where I performed with Carby. Yeah. Oh, that's where the Carby gig oh, was. Yeah. yeah. Back in the old days, they used to be called Hornblowers, and uh, they redone it. They redid the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the gig was. That's a great club. So is it run by uh, Randy Lubis? Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Ah, that's great. Oh, that's I, excellent. I love Randy. Man. Hey, that's. What a weird, symbiotic, crazy, like, you know, 
everything coming together because um uh that is the gig i was just telling you it was the last time i performed and uh that place used to be like a go-to for like once a week we'd go up there and work out stuff because it was uh booked by a guy named bob zaney i don't know if you know bob zaney uh, and uh and there it was run by randy lubis who used to do comedy in the 80s as well and uh i think now he owns that or partly owns that club or something like that and yeah. there he was so man it comes around full circle and i got myself a great joke out of that whole uh ventura harbor comedy club yeah. very very cool <laughs> awesome um Damn. fred before we continue i do have to mention the sponsors one more time and then we have some twitter questions uh, so alan since you like doing the sponsors oh, I, lo- I love doing it you'll see alan's radio vote you're auditioning for radio dj for fred oh, wolf thank you. Appreciate that. okay here we go Today's show, Rifters, is brought to you by Hex Sauce, with a Schofield heat rating of 1,760,000 SHUs. Hex Sauce is the hottest hot sauce in the world. Every bite is saturated with a taste of a thousand tortured souls, as his name suggests. Hex Sauce turns any meal into a delicious lava and serves humility to your favorite smack talker. Hex Sauce is available on Amazon Prime. Hex Sauce. You can save 30% on Hex Sauce on Amazon with the code H-E-C-K-S-A-U-S. That's H-E-C-K-S-A-U-S. Hex Sauce. Enjoy. Now, Fred, what do you think? Does Alan get the part, or do you just want to get the Hex Sauce? Don't put him on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) That's all good. Um, What? uh, It's funny, too, by the way. Um, So what the... He wrote that, by the way. What uh, so Alan wrote that? No, um, no, no. Keith wrote that. Keith wrote that. No, no uh, oh, Keith wrote that. Okay, no, I, didn't, I, I didn't with write that, it with uh, that smooth, silky radio voice. <laughs> I Excellent. I didn't write it. My my friend wrote it, but um, excuse me. Yeah, but uh, I but yeah, but Alan wanted to wanted to do it so, so badly. He likes doing the sponsors, and I think that's the worst part about having a rate. Like I love the sponsors, but like. Because with my autism, I also have a speech stutter sometimes, so I always mess up on the sponsors. And <laughs> they don't like that. No. They want it to be done very, very clearly, and they want people to buy their product. <laughs> I learned that over the years. Yeah, how that works. Um, so what? Uh, so you guys, uh, Alan, do you do stand up as well? Yes, I do, and uh, I, I try to do the best I can. I still hit all the open mics. And Keith has had me on a few things, and uh, I keep going. You know, I keep going. I uh, One of my bits is, you know, you love my bit. I'm uh, so single, I'm dating myself. Wait, say that again? You know, ladies and gentlemen, you single, I'm single, but I'm so single, I'm dating myself. Oh, 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 I see, I see, okay. Uh, <laughs> I just ruined And so the, uh, so you're doing the same thing that uh, Keith and I and everybody else does. Exactly. You, to you, you write them down, and you go out there and do the open mics. Uh, but Keith, it sounds like you're sort of establishing comedy. I mean, if you're doing oh, these gigs, and uh, is, uh, it sounds like you're actually uh, doing well, and you could bring Alan out and uh, get him on stage. Uh, you're doing okay. It sounds like yeah, I'd uh, rather bring you, you don't have Alan Excuse and me. have Alan host. Oh, you know what? We'll, we'll do Alan host then, you me and then Fred, or me and you then, whatever. And then Fred will give me a little yeah. deal there. Fred will help me out then, not you. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, no, I'd love to do time before uh, you. How much time do you do generally on stage, Keith? Uh, well, when I open, when I MC for Norm, he'll have me do 10. When I feature for Norm, he'll have me do 20 to 25. 
and then the very rare cases when I headline, I do 45. Wow. Yeah. Um, so Norm uh, gives you a pretty steady gig there. Uh, yeah, I'm the last on his list, but yeah. I mean, I, I did Vegas with him this month, and I did Irvine, so yeah. Well, you know, uh, I, I'm just like, I'm blown away because uh, the ability, the chance, I mean, I loved I loved opening for Norm uh, because uh, I'm being sincere here. He's a friend of mine, and he's been a friend for a long time. But I never, ever, ever uh, don't love sitting there watching his entire act. You know, a lot of times you do a comedy gig or whatever, and you do your gig, and then you hang out backstage and talk to other comics, and you don't even watch the person on stage. Because yeah. you've seen him a million times. I do not ever miss Norm doing it. I have to see the stuff he's doing. And uh, I am, I, I'm saying this sincerely, I think we all feel this way about Norm, is uh, I don't think I've ever seen him say anything on stage that wasn't uh, original, great, incredibly well delivered with that pace and cadence he has that isn't just phenomenally funny and uh he is a genius uh, uh, uh that word is used a lot but yeah. lord god is he a genius and uh and you get to be around that uh i think probably the funniest guy out there in my opinion that's working doing stand-up right now um my god that's amazing that's great yeah and uh, Irvine, those are disparate crowds. Those are, you know, Irvine, Las Vegas. There's just a different type of crowd, different type of people. But uh, Norm just belts it out, and he mm-hmm. has his act. And I've seen him blow the roof off, and I've seen him struggle. Mm-hmm. But he is incredible. Yeah. You know, um, one time one time he came into the uh, – we're, we're just chatting here. This is all fine, right, Keith? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um I mean, this is free form, and uh, you're fine, right? If I just uh, drop yeah. in stories here and there, yeah, definitely. How uh, it works, All right. Well, one time, Norm, uh, like I said, we shared an office, and he came. He comes in, and I, you know, whatever, midnight, and he just got back from. Uh, he was opening for Bill Cosby, and uh, I said, uh, "How'd it go?" And that was, was, yeah, it was fine. You know, Cosby's the funniest guy ever. This is way back before yeah. his crap surfaced about Cosby. You know. Yeah. He was just at this time that he was telling the story. He was uh, one of the uh, legends, you know. And so Norm said, "Yeah, I was open for Cosby. You know, kind of crazy the way it started off. Kind of weird, you know." I go, "Well, what happened?" He goes, "Well, I go in there, you know, and it's the great Bill Cosby is there. You know, I'm sitting there in a green room, and we're getting ready to go on. And there's the great Bill Cosby. You know, I have nothing to say to him that's of interest. He's heard everything that's ever been said before, you know. And there I'm standing there. I'm just a comic that's opening for him. He doesn't know who I am, you know." So I just say to him, I uh, don't know what to say. Uh, so I go, hey, I can't believe how cool it is that I get to work with you. You know, and you're, I was telling my dad that I'm opening for you. And my dad says that you're his favorite comic of all time, you know. <laughs> and uh, and he said, because he goes, well, that's good to hear. Let's get your dad on the phone. I'll say hello. You know, I'm doing a terrible Cosby, but Norm does a great one. <laughs> and Norm says, uh, no, we don't, we don't have to call my dad, but. I just want you to know that he, he idolizes it, you know, and he's so happy I'm here opening for you. This is great. And Cosby says, well, I said we should get your dad on the phone, and, and, and I'll say hello to him. And Norm goes, well, no, I, I, that's fine. We don't have to do that. You know, it's fine. And by the way, the gig is getting ready to start, you know, because I had to I had to figure something out, you know, because, like, 
my dad had been dead for 12 years, you know, and uh, I was completely making it up, you know, and the guy wouldn't let it drop. He wanted to call my dad, who's been dead for 12 years, and I was laughing so hard at the story, and I think it was true, or maybe it wasn't true, but all I know is it came that, out yeah. gold. Uh, it came out as a beautiful mm-hmm. gold mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. right yeah. out of his mouth. Yeah, I never saw him write it down. <laughs> like I told you, I didn't see it. Like I, I don't know if he ever did it in his act, but good Lord, it was fully formed and perfect. Yeah. He's told me that story you know? before. And uh, the thing that about uh, Norm, and uh, then I want to do a, a couple Twitter questions. Uh, Norm is, is the guy who... Like, I love him very much. Like, I look at him as my comedy dad, and I'd do anything for him, you know what I mean? So I'm very glad that, you know, everyone loves him, you know, like you. And, you know, it it just really brings a lot of love to my heart when I hear great things about him, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. um, But we got a couple of Twitter questions for you. If uh, And I actually want to ask you one of them because I think it, it... you know, goes a lot to what I want to do with my life. Um, this is from Willie Me Mike. He wants to know, Fred, how many revisions of screenplays do you do before you send them out? Wow, I love that question, Dan. Um, so, so you're asking me that, then, and uh, uh, Willie, did you say Willie? What was his name? Willie Me Mike. It's a Twitter name. Willie Me Mike. Yeah. Um, it's probably not his real name. Well, yeah, you know, it, it really depends on the script, but uh, I remember, not to name drop, not to name drop, okay. but uh, I'm not saying Steve Martin is my friend or something like that, but he hosted Saturday Night Live, and I was talking to him one day, and he said, he said uh, comedy scripts aren't written, they're rewritten. And uh, I said, what does that mean? He said, you write them over and over and over, you revise and revise, and you change and you change and you change. And... Uh, I always had that in the back of my mind, is that what basically he was saying is that you could always keep working on it, you could always try to make it better or whatever. And so I I have sort of OCD in a way. I have to, uh, I can't not look at a script that I've written and do something to it, do something a little bit, just try to make it a little bit better. And so in my case, uh, I would say it's standard for me before handing a script in, if someone's ordered one up, to probably do five overall passes of revisions. So I do the first rough draft, write it out, get about 120 pages, and then uh, start going over it and start fine-tuning it, the second pass. Third pass, I start trying to polish and uh, figure out what's missing. The fourth pass, I fill in what I think is the grout, the stuff that connects it. And uh, the fifth pass, to me, one of the most important passes, is putting the final structure on what I think the final structure should be. Uh, if the first act is a little too long, uh, I want to try to get it down to 18 pages. And then uh, if it's at 20 pages, that two pages of cuts uh, takes the most focus to figure out what to do there. And so five solid passes wow. is wow. how I usually do it. And then from there on, depending on how much time I have, I'll do another 10 passes uh, loose ones, just figuring out, okay, is this joke better? Is this joke better? Is this better? Is this better? That kind of thing. Yeah. So the full, complete answer is five passes uh, on every script. And if I can do it, 100 passes, mm-hmm. if I have the time. 
That's true. That's a true fact. That makes me feel a lot better because I wrote a script and I'm on my like seventh pass, you know, because like I don't think it's perfect enough to send it out, you know. Mm -hmm. So that makes me feel a lot better that a hundred is. Yeah. I'm right before uh, right before you called. uh, I was working on a script here. It's called Nine Bastards, and uh, it's a a very 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 rich guy uh, inherits uh, nine kids through whatever reason. And uh, I have uh, always had this one bubbling around, and uh, I was taking a pass on it. I was thinking, okay, Keith's going to call at twelve oh five. He said, so that gives me fifteen minutes to go over the script again. Uh, and this is probably my 200th time on this particular one because I've had the script for like 15 years. Yeah. And uh, and I was thinking to myself, uh, this is honestly, this is an honest, true story. I was thinking, well, I have 15 minutes before Keith calls, and what else would I do? Why not mm-hmm. take a pass on the script? And then I started thinking, wait, what am I going to do to the script, though? Mm-hmm. That is, Am I just going to move some pieces around and just... Uh, do like make work for myself and I thought no there might be a chance that there's some joke that pops in my head that just is that much like a 0.5% better than the joke that was there and then the script got a 0.5% better and so maybe I'm crazy but um, I have to, I just love the rewrite process very very much oh, and seven pass in your case is a good sign it's a great sign because I have met writers that uh, are pretty sure it's perfect you know after their first or second pass and uh, that's impossible. Yeah. I just can't be, you know. Um, I maybe there's a writer out there that, that can do it. I, I, I've never met anybody that can do it. Yeah, I uh, learned that the hard way. And if they think they can, I think there's a problem. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so, that's my opinion. Uh, so, so basically what you're saying is I might be good luck if, uh, you know, you said 15 minutes before Keith calls, I'll do some writing. <laughs> yeah, but now what i got to do is i got to figure out, and it's a great, 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 little puzzle to have is where is the Baldwin joke going to go? Because, man, I ain't using that joke. <laughs> All right, and remember I said the script gets 0.5% better? Uh, that joke will make the script at least 3% better oh, for oh. being in there. So that's the answer to the Twitter question. Awesome. And then uh, we only have time for one more question, but uh, this is from Hi, My Name is Doug. And I think his name is Doug. But he said, uh, Fred, what's happening with divorced dads? I don't know what that means. Divorced dads. Divorce. I don't know if... Is I, I wonder if he no. thinks that it's a script I wrote. Script, or? Uh, yeah, is that a script you were supposed to do? Uh, something you saw? Or, uh, oh. All right. Well, trying to think. So many scripts. It, 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 it rings a bell. I wonder... Uh, he says, my name is Doug. Let's, let's assume his name is Brian. I have no <laughs> idea why. But, because uh, there's no way it's Doug. Because he's too emphatic. He he is protesting too much. Right. Um, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I wonder if, uh, because the name sounds familiar, the, the title name, and it's a name that I would have done. And uh, I do have a, a friend of mine that uh, 10 years ago was working on Bad Dads, but then Bad Moms came out, and that title's gone. Trying to think if I did something called divorce. To- oh, oh, damn! My name is Doug. Is uh, amazing. Uh, <laughs> it, we weren't going to call it divorce dads. We were going to call it divorce guys. Divorce guys. Oh, holy God! Yeah, uh, uh, me and Spade and Kevin Farley actually uh, were working on it oh. uh, years ago. 
how does he know this? Oh, I, who would my name is Doug B? Because it's not Doug. Um, maybe it's we know that Daniel Baldwin. Oh <laughs> no! There's the answer. Bingo. Daniel Baldwin. Yeah, it has I to like be. that. It, like it has that. to be. Either that's his name or. <laughs> His name is Joe Ventura Harbor Comedy Club because <laughs> I like that's that. how this has that's been. Great. This whole hour uh-huh. has been that wow. serendipitous, weirdly cool yeah, synchronization uh, circles. Yeah, um, I wonder how he knows about that script. That's uh, incredible. Oh, well, that's well, I mean, he he would know it. I mean, uh, yeah, it was a long time ago, uh, uh, Spade and I were working on something for him, and uh, there's four guys that are divorced or about to go through a divorce and they are going on a road trip to go uh well i'll tell you it's based on a true story well how much time do we have we have about three minutes okay three minutes i'll just tell you really quickly is that i have a friend of mine who uh a long time ago he and his girlfriend broke up and his girlfriend was furious at him and so the girlfriend uh fought for custody of the dog um even though it was really my friend's dog and she got custody of it and then she uh called him up this is a you know in, in, in anger and said i just gave your beloved dog to a dog pound where they're going to put him down and i'm not going to tell you which dog pound and uh it destroyed my friend you know he's just just really really devastated and uh the movie is based on that the, uh, a guy wants to go find the dog in the dog pound and he's divorced and his uh, ex-wife did that to him and uh i don't know how uh he knows about the script but uh, we loved the script, and we wrote it 10 years ago, and it's one of those ones that sits around and try to figure out when's the right time to get it out there, you know? Yeah. Dang. Dang. I love it. Wow. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Fred. I really oh, do dude, appreciate yes, it. Thank this you. was awesome. Oh, it was great. I such I, we, a blast. We, we enjoyed this so much. And I just want to add that I like your uh, taste in cars, because I a 69 Dodge Roadrunner. Remember you mentioned that. Do you, have a, do you still like Dodges? Not whatever. I I love them. Uh, any Mopar, yeah. Mopar, uh, yes. I've had <laughs> I've had four Roadrunners, three GTXs. They're oh, right. They have to be sixty nine. Yeah. There you go. So well, that's the Jodor car. It's the Tommy Boy car. Yes. Uh, and Tommy Boy it was a sixty seven GTX. Sixty seven. And uh, and uh, thanks for that question. I love him. Uh, yeah, yeah. I do love Mopar. Yeah. I used to just road race him up in Montana when I was going to college right. up there. All right. But. Uh, uh, what a fun thing this was, Keith. I I, I, I love it, and uh, Alan too. Sorry, thank you. <laughs> but uh, I love it, and uh, I got a joke out of this. I had a fun time, yeah. and I might do a gig sometime here in the future. Right? Beautiful. Yeah, and I got I got a friend, so I appreciate that so thank much. Thank you indeed, Fred. So. Oh, for sure. And say hi to Norm uh, when you open for him. Uh, if I don't see him first, I'll tell him hi from you. you if you see him first, you say hi to, from me. Okay. Right. Will do. Thank you so much, Fred. I love you, buddy. Great. And thank have you, a good day. Anytime. You. Right. Anytime, guys. All right, man. See ya. Bye. Bye. Wow, that was awesome. Man. Fred Wolf. Wow. What a cool dude. Yeah. I know you don't like when I say this, but I thought this was one of the best ones. You know what? Uh, we'll have to debate yeah. that. Wow. But I think it, it was fabulous. So it was fantastic. Yeah. I love Fred Wolf. It, it we definitely are, best fits this one. We are running, running out of time. we got to mention the sponsors one more time. You think you could do it really fast, or do you want me to? Uh, if you, I mean, it's you do it. Okay. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, Rifters, today's show is brought to you by Hex Sauce with a Schofield Heat rating of 1,760,000 SHUs. Hex Sauce is the hottest hot sauce in the world. Every bite is saturated with the taste of a thousand tortured souls, as its name suggests. Hex Sauce turns any meal into delicious lava and serves humility to 
your favorite smack talker. Hex Sauce is available on Amazon Amazon Prime, Hex Sauce. You can save 30% on Hex Sauce on Amazon with the code H-E-C-K-S-A-U-S. That's H-E-C-K-S-A-U-S, 30% off on at Amazon.com. Wow. Awesome. Thanks, Alan. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think Hex Sauce loves you because I would have messed it up. And I love Hex Sauce. Yeah. I'm gonna tr- uh, in fact, I love hot sauce. Yeah. I, I forgot my glasses it's... and I probably would have said Huck Sauce, like Huck Finn. Oh, great. You, you're a big Mark, Mark Twain guy. Yeah. You we'll talk me. about that next because yeah. Sam's right. giving me a life. Right. But, oh. guy, but guys, uh, if you like the show with Fred Wolf, uh, buy some Hex Sauce on AmazonPrime.com and use the promo code. Uh, also, stand updates. I'm performing at the Rec Room in Huntington Beach, Huntington Beach. Uh, February 22nd and February 23rd with Jeff Garcia. Uh, tickets All are right. at www.recroomhb.com. And uh, if you like the show, please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes, iTunes. Rate us five stars. If you didn't like us five stars, rate us whatever. Just give us honest feedback. Write a review. Help the program. We're trying to get to 100 reviews. Uh, by the end of the year and uh, we would really appreciate it. and once again thanks again to Fred Wolf and uh, we'll see you guys next time alright wow that was such a great show you're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there. www.stereo.com slash KeithRaza. And on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash KeithRaza. If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.